A wise rancher told me once that you don't want to necessarily be on the front end of all the new things coming down the line, but you dang sure don't want to be on the back end. So with that in mind, let's look at the topic today of DNA testing in your cattle. I do believe it creates a a real tool for us to create better cattle. Commercial rancher Bruce Mershon with Mershon Cattle out of Buckner, Missouri is my guest as we discuss why they originally started testing, how they're using it now, how they plan to use it going forward, and the lessons learned along the way. Uh, a, A random DNA test is hard to market on a female, but a carcass trait for a steer, it to me is is very marketable. So how do you justify this expense? What are the management components that could be utilized in things like selection of replacement heifers to the types of bulls to use? DNA testing on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. Welcome you to another episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. Thanks for joining us here on our program today. We appreciate you tuning in. If you're listening on the radio, thanks for doing that. If you've chosen to download it or it automatically gets downloaded to your phone because you are subscribed to a podcast, uh, to our podcast site, well, we hope you enjoy the program. Just a mention here, for those of you listening on the radio and you are and you have to get out and go do something and maybe you miss part of the program, well, that is a good way to go back and listen to it again. And you can search uh, for our podcast through pretty much any podcast platform out there. Directly to it is workingranchradio.com. We'll get you into the Podbean site, but there's multiple ways to get it. Uh, Spotify has it. Apple's got their version. Google's got their version. And that's just a few. There's many, many out there and you can find it. Uh, It's a good way to go back and re-listen to it. Or if you missed something because you had to step out of the pickup for something, uh, you can go back and, and, and catch it through that as well. We've had some great episodes already here in 2023, uh, not to d- d- diminish some other ones, but uh, it started off, kicked off with uh, why Junior shouldn't come back to the ranch. We did hit another one just a few weeks ago as we talk about kids raising kids on the ranch. That was in episode 103. Also, a few weeks ago, we talked about if you're looking at moving your ranching location geographically, maybe it's 50, 75 miles away, maybe it's a long ways across the country, some things to consider on that. And then last week, Superior Rep Clint Berry joined us again as he has on a frequent occasion to join us as we look at the cattle markets and he and I were both down in New Orleans uh, for the 2023 cattle convention and sat in on Cattle Facts's market outlook and we rehashed that last week. So just to kind of key in on some of the topics that we've covered here on the Working Ranch radio show the last several weeks. Now on today's show I am pleased to have with us Bruce Mershon with Mershon Cattle out of Buckner, Missouri. He's going to be joining us as we talk about how they have used DNA testing in their operation. They're a 2,000 commercial cow operation there in uh, western Missouri, and it's interesting to visit with him about that work, how they've used it, uh, some of the lessons they've learned along the way, and how they plan to use it moving forward. And it's something to just, I think for a lot of us, maybe it's not something you're looking down the barrel at right now of wanting to do, but it's something you probably need to be throwing around in the back of your head if there's ways that it would potentially fit in your operation. And a good discussion from somebody 
uh, from a firsthand experience of how they're using it here currently. So that's going to be our subject here today. Right now, a quick thank you to our sponsor of this segment, the American Simmental Association. And a few years ago, they did a survey uh, with commercial producers on the types of bull breeds that they were sourcing. And did you know that the largest growth in bull breed type during that time was bulls with sim genetics? Yeah, heterosis works, which is why with Simmental, it's more per head period. Find out more at Simmental.org. Well, each and every week, we do check in with the Captain Tim O'Byrne, publisher and editor of Working Ranch Magazine. And here's this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents. Hey, Justin. Hey, everybody out there in Working Ranch Radio Land. The March issue, Working Ranch Magazine, page 14, my award-losing column topping out. Check it out. It's uh, I have a very special treat for you folks. Uh, if you don't subscribe to the magazine, well, shame on you. You need to go to workingranchmag.com right away and subscribe. And what I did was I turned over my column to two-time poet laureate of Oklahoma, Joe Crager, and his poem, Cow Dog Hill. And it goes a little bit something like this. Cow Dog Hill. At evening time, when the wind lies still, I sometimes visit Cowdog Hill. That's what I call that humble shrine where I laid to rest those friends of mine. This is an amazing poem, folks. You better have a hanky handy. There's about eight or nine more stanzas of it. Check it out. March issue, Working Ranch Magazine, page 14. Back to you, Justin. All right, thanks, Captain. And like he said, if you don't have your March issue, if you're not even a subscriber, you can go to the website at workingranchmag.com and you can get your subscription started today. But I also wanted to point out, in light of our subject today on DNA testing that we're talking about, well, you can also find an article beginning on page 80 by Jamie Pullman entitled Comfortable Genes, where she explores the same kind of topic that we're talking about today. So I'd encourage you to go and take a read on that as well. And boy, I'll tell you, just flip through that already I can see a lot of very good information great articles in there and you know something else we're talking about when we talk about DNA testing today we're going to get into choosing the right uh, sires is how where some of this is heading heading to where you get a, a database on your cattle and then look and match that up against bulls that are out there and what would work for, for the desired outcome that you want to achieve well if you get the latest issue of Working Ranch Magazine you will see a pretty good variety and a pretty good lineup of bull sales that are going to be going on all across the country so be sure to get that like you said workingranchmag.com is where you can get your subscription started today well before we head to break just wanted to check in with everybody on the calving season how is that going i know for some of you you already have a few calves on the ground for others it's a week or so out from getting going and for maybe some others it's a one or two months out but nevertheless we do know if you've been in the cow business for any time at all you do know that that third trimester nutrition and after calving it is very important If we want healthy calves, it's going to have to start with a healthy mother. And at New Generation Supplements, they've got a tub for that. As they are manufacturers of products like Smart Lick and Mega Lick and Feed in a Drum Supplements with over 2,000 dealers all across the country, here's the thing they do know is that not everybody needs the same thing, which is why with over 100 formulas, New Generation Supplements has tubs designed to support a lot of the different herd health and performance concerns. So as we are 
into, into this third trimester time. Get your spring calves off to a good start with some solid nutritional program for your mother cows with New Generation Supplements. Stop by your local New Generation Supplements dealer today to learn more about supplements made for successful spring calving seasons. New Generation Supplements, we've got a tub for that. Find out more at NewGenerationSupplements.com. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we'll head into our featured interview as we talk more about the utilization and finding the economics in DNA testing when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Starting off in the right direction is essential to gaining an advantage later when you go to market your calves. And I have proof that the right direction is with Sim Angus Sired Calves. A 2020 study by K-State showed that Sim Angus Sired Steer Calves earn more at sale time than all other breed identified sire groups with at least 50 lots represented on Superior Livestock's 2020 summer sales. The proof's right there. For low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head, period. Stand strong, Simmental. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. Glad to have you along as we head now into our featured interview today. And we continue a, a program here today exploring the value and the economics of DNA testing in our cattle herd uh, from the commercial side of things. I'm pleased to have a guest joining us here today, Bruce Mershon with Mershon Cattle. They're out of Buckner, Missouri. And Bruce, first of all, I want to thank you for joining us here today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Glad to be here, Justin. Appreciate the invite. You bet. Well, Bruce, uh, as we were talking before we went on air here a little bit, I was just making sure that uh, I had to clarify. Making sure, I assumed this that you guys were Kansas City Chiefs fans, as as, as close as you are to, to Kansas City. So, boy, everybody uh, in Kansas and or in Missouri have to be excited. A great Super Bowl. Absolutely. A lot of fun. Looking forward to seeing the, uh, we'll watch the parade from the TV tomorrow. We won't be down there. <laughs> You're not going to go downtown. Uh, <laughs> I won't be downtown, but uh, we may babysit so my son and his wife to go. So, well, yeah. it, uh, as we were talking, and it's been kind of the common theme with a lot of folks I've talked to, it was a great game and both teams played Absolutely. exceptional. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Lots of good play. You bet. Well, let's get into our topic here. And before we really dive right into it, I, I feel it's important for folks to know a little bit about you. Uh, you guys uh, ranch east of Kansas City, Missouri, little town of Buckner, Missouri. And uh, it's been a family ranch uh, for a very, very long time. And you're very involved in the cattle industry. But let's let's get a little bit of, of information about your operation, because I think that will set this up for folks to understand you're a commercial man. This this is, this is what you've been doing, raising commercial cattle for many, many years. So let's hear a little bit about uh, Mershon Cattle. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, um, we, we headquarter out of Buckner, Missouri. That's right on the river bluffs of the Missouri River. So uh, if you can imagine, um, w- we don't have any grass at the home place. It's all farm ground and then feedlots and a hoop barn. And that's just where we headquarter out of. We run cattle in around 10 or 11 counties within the western half of state of Missouri from north to south. Uh, and so we, our, our model is uh, different than most. Uh, uh, about half of our mama cows are out on a daily fee basis uh, with folks taking care of providing forage and care. Rest of them are on leased land. Um, we run a little over 2,000 mama cows, uh, breed somewhere between 800 and 900 uh, to 1,000 uh, heifers annually. Uh, sell bread heifers, sell bread heifer pairs. And then we also run a stalker program uh, 
with, uh, with multiple uh, small feedlot operations here in West Central Missouri. And then uh, then we'll finish all of We retain ownership on all of our cattle and, and uh, at least all of our home-raised cattle. Finish those steers, keep track of the data, um, bring it back and create EPDs on our on our females. Mm-hmm. And that's what we use for our selection process of our replacements mm-hmm. is primarily why we have those EPDs. Okay. As we were talking to set this up a bit ago, I, as I said, you know, this a lot of this really boils down when we look at this idea of, of DNA testing and in a bit, we're going to get more into how you guys have used it. And as you said, talking about some of your own EPDs that you're developing and working off of that. Um, when, when we look at this, I'm always cautioned when we're trying to bring new things into our business that it's just not something new and we got to find the economics and the value in that. And as you and I were talking ahead of this, uh, we said really a lot of this just boils down to how do we get longevity and you had added that you know carcass value is the other element that we're really trying to get into these cattle that's what really some of this we're trying to boil things down to get to that with our cattle absolutely and so from from your side of things as you've as you have done this i know i was reading some information about you and and i think in in any different climate there might be different goals that you set but i know one of the things that you talked about is is uh you know finding a cow that's adaptable to fescue successfully rebreeds and efficiently produces calves that yield high choice or 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 prime carcass so from that standpoint from the dna side of things what have you done with that yeah, I, I guess maybe I back up and just just because you ask about the economic side of it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna back you up just a second. We first time we did this was back in 2013 on bred heifers, and we thought it was a marketing tool. Okay, that we, we honestly was why we did that, and and it we we got no traction with it. So um, I, I, that's what I would tell folks that taking DNA and looking to sell is probably not the way to go uh that 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 that, but it it i do believe it creates a a real tool for us to create better cattle okay Uh, absolutely absolutely so um i just kind of throw that out there for folks not to not to not to think you're gonna (laughs) somebody's gonna pay more for your heifers because you got some dna test on it and and it looks good you know the average commercial guy that's gonna buy your heifers probably is not going to pay you for that information so yeah that's what we found and i've heard actually i've heard that said before and that's interesting that you bring that up bruce because in my mind when the first time i was i was going through this i was thinking oh this would be something you know if it cost me x amount of dollars i can get that on the back end when i sell these cattle and i you're not the first guy that i've heard that so i I appreciate that comment because i think that's where some of our minds are going with that right right so and then so we we began yeah you know all of our cows are in Semitol Association's herd book we, we to curate our EPDs and we took our first t- uh, tissue samples um, back in, I think in 2017 when we started um, and and we were that was trying to jumpstart our ability to create EPDs on our on our females and and so that's that's really where we looked at. How do we, if we're going to sell a portion of our females as bred heifers or a pair for pairs, how do we make sure we're keeping the best of them and selling the rest and, and not making, I'm not a good enough judge cattle, by the way, they stand in the alley to, to make those choices. And I knew, I knew I needed a better system for that. So mm-hmm. that's that's really what got us started in in, in, in taking uh, tissue samples and turning in and create and getting uh DNA results on, on our females. Mm-hmm. 
So as you were as you were hitting the economic side of things, and I know you said, well, I don't necessarily have you know particular numbers like this is what we got back in it. Other than you were saying, it's allowed you to create that selection process. Expand on that a little bit more, would you? Yeah. So we're we're going to try to sell you know uh, a bottom third of so of our of our replacements that we've that we've bred and you know how do you know what number that 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 your your return you're getting i i got no i I don't really have a good way of putting a pencil to it it's just that i know i want to get better every year and to get better i got to make sure i've kept the best females and um that that that's really it you know along with the same time we we also did have done carcass scanning on all of our replacements and so you know it was really um we're kind of simple-minded here it's a green uh you know the top third's green the middle third's a yellow and the and the bottom third's red and and you know when we put them in the alley and kind of sort through them and make sure their structure looks good Mm -hmm. and then look at those uh you know thirds and that's how we we kind of went uh with our selection process Mm uh you know you can you can spend hours and hours but you know if you just after a point you have to make a decision and move forward yeah. and that that's really where we've tried to and our heifers will sell at the top end of any special bred heifer sale in the state um and that's what we're trying to sell mm-hmm. so that, that that's it is how do i get better uh you know in our model the leased land uh and being on a daily fee basis we know we're not going to be in the low cost producer in the state of missouri just the model doesn't work that way. So we know we got to have better cattle than average, way better cattle than average. And that's how we try to be competitive and, mm-hmm. and stay. So you can kind of go and you can try to starve them, starve them into a profit or try to make sure you're selling premiums. And that's what that's what model that we've chased and grown with. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, too, uh, one of the things I'm pulling away from that, Bruce, and this is maybe a side note to our main topic of DNA testing here today. But I think you got to, as you were saying, you got to find the model that's everybody's environment, uh, uh, climate and, and, you know, things that, that they have to deal with are going to be different in different parts of the country. And as you were saying there, you know, yeah, we're, we may not be the low input, but we have found we've got to build value in these cattle and this is the way you've done and i think that's an important part to to touch on that that you know find that model that fits with your environment absolutely we you know our our goal is to in in our my personal theory and is that you know a three-way cross is going to be the most effective on fescue in missouri and we want to have the the best cat three-way cross female or product in, in in missouri and and, and so we've we've gone down the rabbit hole of lots of different crosses, um, but we're hoping that with the DNA that we take these crossbred cows and then we're going to move forward. The next step for us is mating by DNA. And that's where we really think we're going to be uh, be so much better than the average by the by using technology. And that that's how we differentiate ourselves and and be competitive. You bet. You bet. And I think uh, that's definitely where I see a lot of the push right now with this is not only as you were as you guys have been using it to find those replacements and then the next step in that is then matching up a sire that can exploit or or build on even even better with that so bruce marchand is my guest here today with marchand cattle out of buckner missouri we are talking dna testing we've heard a little bit about their operation how they how they have chosen to use it uh, in, in their in their operation when we come back we're going to continue to talk about it there's some different dna 
uh, tests uh, on the market in addition to some of the traits that they have really narrowed in on with their process. We're going to talk more about it when we come back here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Don't keep your cow-calf herd data in a notebook. Keep it in the cloud with Performance Ranch and say so long to decoding handwritten notes. Performance Ranch is an easy-to-use app that simplifies record-keeping and makes decision-making easier. Keep track of herd inventory, monitor health records, and manage costs all from your iPad or iPhone. Group texting important herd data? Delete it. Use Performance Ranch instead. Go to PerformanceLivestockAnalytics.com and be the first to know when Performance Ranch is ready to launch. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. My guest today, Bruce Marchand with Marchand Cattle out of Buckner, Missouri. Uh, we've been talking, we're talking our, our subject here today on DNA testing. And Bruce, we, we, we talked a little bit about the, in the first segment about your operation, kind of how you guys have used that in your process of uh, developing uh, your replacements and, and, and continuing to make improvements in your cattle herd. And as we talked about, really, the, what it comes down to is from a commercial side of things or any cow side of things, if we can get another year, another two years out of these cattle, we can improve our carcass value in these cattle as well. Uh, that's really the bottom line in some of this as you, as we have c- continued to move forward on this. When we go into into DNA testing, there's different ones in the market out there, uh, and I don't want to get necessarily into the weeds on, 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 the, on the different things, but from your perspective, as we look at the, and, and we try to evaluate, okay, Here's some here's some options on the market for us. What are the things you would suggest we should be looking for as commercial men when we're looking at a DNA test? You know, I, I would tell you we currently have not really been using the DNA test on to make our female selections, but 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 that's because we've tried to create EPDs on our females. Uh, but we are going to start using it again uh, as a selection process. I think it will enhance. And I think, uh, you know, whether it's Neogen or Zoetis, I, you know, I'm not trying to pick a winner or a loser. I think a person starting and I think replacement females is a good place to go. If you're going to invest the money, invest it on those young females and help, help make a better, do a better job of selecting them, I think can really in jumpstart you using those products Mm -hmm. as we evaluate those the just i want to make sure i'm clear in understanding this too um you know we want to make sure that the data that they're going up against that you know as we get that data back that there's you know we want some validity in that in that data and that's one of the things to really be aware of uh, when you're searching and looking at the different dna tests that are out there and how how do we validate that or know what's the right one to go with yeah, I, I think environment is, is so, so important, right? And, you know, we, we, we don't go buy Montana bulls and drag them down <laughs> here and put them on fescue. So, yeah. um, and I don't think they're dragging any fescue bulls back up that direction either. So, so I, I, I you know, I, I think you need to, you know, make sure you're visiting with the, your, you know, Neogen rep or, or Zoetis or, you know, whether you're doing it through your, through the seed stock provider. I know you can do that. I'm pretty sure with Simital mm-hmm. or Angus. Uh, and, you know, pick, pick your, pick your provider, but, but yeah, make sure that you are selecting for the right traits that, and, and, you know, there's, there is so much noise, right. In a hundred K test, um, you, you know, it really narrows more down to five or six, seven traits 
uh, when you kind of take some of that noise out that that really matter, I guess, and can really move the needle. Um, and, and that's really what you need to focus on, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a really good point because I think our cattle industry, we've had EPDs for, for several years and, um, and data is good. So I don't want to, I don't want to downplay the, the facts that we do have data. I think it's, it's made great improvements in our cattle herd, but sometimes so much data can just be so overwhelming that then we end up actually doing nothing because we don't know what to, what to use to make a good decision off of. And I think as a commercial person, that you you really just need to find the data sets that are important to your operation and focus in on those. And so from a DNA side, as you said, same thing. Absolutely. You need to know productivity of your animal, right? So um, so if, it, if it's not gaining or not gaining fast enough, but, but some traits within DNA uh, appear good, um, you know, it still may not be the right female for you. So, so you know, it, it, it goes hand in hand. Data along with DNA is what really enhances your selection process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, and, and so, you know, I'm, I won't pretend to know you, which DNA set that you need or which, which, which traits you for each operation. But we know that that longevity, that, that, the, the you know, whether it's hair shed or, or um, uh, carcass merit, um, th- those are the things that obviously are, are make product makes us more productive here in Missouri. And, and we've got to make sure that we, we track those, uh, those traits. And, um, so that, that's really yeah. what, the direction we've tried to head with it. You bet. Bruce, I'm going to push on you just a little bit more about that because I, I know you're, you're really cautious about, uh, about extending too much advice for as you, as you, <laughs> uh, as you ranch there in, in Missouri and, and not pretending to offer advice to folks in other parts of the country. But I want to push on you just a little bit and just say you, but you are using it. So I, I, I want, yes. I want to get your, if you were to, travel to somewhere else, maybe west of where you guys are at, and you're going to sit in with a group of producers and we're talking this same subject. What's some advice that you're going to offer them about this? I know we've talked about some of this kind of stuff, but some of these traits that you really think we need to be looking at from a commercial side, because from a commercial perspective, I know you're building value as a commercial producer, uh, like a like similar to maybe a purebred guy, but guys that are just out here and they're running a, a big set of cows over a lot of acres. And how do we find that value back to them? What would you tell them? Well, two things I, I find really important. Well, I, I think the carcass merit, um, we've, we've, we, you know, obviously Angus is the leader there, I guess. And, and, but I, you know, in today's bulls, you know, t- 10 years ago, you had a high carcass merit Angus bull and you, you might've had some traits, some physical traits that weren't as good, mm-hmm. right. That and why we've gotten into this longevity uh, conversation. I, I think that obviously as a breed, they've addressed that and all breeds are doing a lot better job about structure and, and, tr- and following those traits, whether it's Scimitol or Hereford or Charlotte, pick them. I, I'm not there, but I, I, I do think the carcass merit thing is really important. If you, if you follow the last 10 years, right, we've gone from um, 2% prime to 10% prime and we are 80 plus percent choice or better. Um, and the premium for prime and choice is gone higher as an as an industry year on year average so it tells me that the marketplace desires that and and so 
you need to make sure that your calves, whether you're retaining ownership or you're selling them, that's a marketable trait that that the, the the feeder wants and wants to know. And if you can provide that that information, that is a trait that you can sell. It's marketable. Um, uh, a, a random DNA test is hard to market on a female, but a carcass trait for a steer, it to me is is very marketable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we retain ownership on trying to capture that. Not everybody's in up for that risk, but I do think it's 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 very useful. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, the other thing we, we, we really embrace is, is crossbreeding and, and uh, we, we feel like it, it adds years uh, to, the, to the female. And that's why, that's why we do it. We think they're more productive and add years. And, you know, I, I have to admit, when, <laughs> when, when we're selling those bred heifers and the, that baldy heifer walks yeah. into the ring, it's amazing. She may not, on average, always bring more than the black or the red, but by golly, there's more hands in the air. I know that when, when, when she hits the ring. So, yeah. you know, I, I think in general, our industry embraces crossbreeding. Yeah. So, um, and then just the, uh, it's really hard to me- uh, measure DNA or what, but the, the feed efficiency, um, I, I don't know how to put a number on that, but yeah. I think just because of selection and, and productivity, you know, it's, they, they got to have some grow, uh, for them possibly um you know yearling weight something we've bred heavily over the years and and that's just something we think adds some grow to them and and yeah the sooner we get them there the less feed it takes and that's what we're what we're trying to accomplish as a producer mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of good comments there i appreciate that as you talked about uh crossbreeding and heterosis i we actually did a, a show a year or so ago about episode 16 and that was with uh rob foreman out of trinity farms and you might you probably know rob i know you guys are on different parts of the country he's out of ellensburg washington but that was we were talking the same thing is finding some value in the natural uh growth in these cattle through that heterosis and then in addition to really addressing the longevity issue in in that so Bruce Mershon is my guest here today. He's He and his wife, Tracy, they uh, uh, ranch there at Buckner, Missouri with Mershon cattle. Uh, quite a story with their uh, with their ranching, uh, you know, how they have their place set up and, and the cattle, the amount of cattle that they run, as you heard in the first segment. We're going to continue when we come back. Bruce touched on the fact that uh, as, they, as they're going to start using this from a mating standpoint, and I want to get into that a little bit more and why they're heading that direction uh, with their DNA testing. Something that I think for the commercial cattle rancher out there to be considering as well as we look at this we'll continue more when we come back here on the working ranch radio show cattle producers here's a way to put more dollars in your pocket put the amifirm advantage found in all gain smart mineral to work in your cow herd Amifirm is the industry leader in increasing fiber digestion. In fact, research shows putting Amifirm to work increases forage utilization by 10%, reducing overall forage costs and allowing you to graze more animals per acre. That's a big-time return on your investment. To find which GainSmart mineral formula is right for your herd, visit GainSmart.com. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. Our guest today, we've had a great discussion with Bruce Mershon with Mershon Cattle out of Buckner, Missouri, uh, talking about how they have, have used uh, DNA testing uh, for their operation and now moving into, as he was saying earlier, into using this from a mating standpoint. And I really think that's that's the direction I, I see from the commercial side of things, Bruce, is us looking at getting some DNA testing uh, on these cattle 
cattle so that we can go out when it comes to that bull selection time point uh, point in our in our uh, in our decision making process that we can find a bull that matches up whether uh, we get whether we want to stay straight purebred or want whether we want to go a crossbred but we can use that and, and that's really the basis and as you guys are looking at you're feeling like this is the next level you can take your operation with is in mating yes sir that that's a direction that you know we've used a lot of crossbreds so we've had lots of different sires of our females and we've tried to narrow that the last couple of years so just you know it's a it's a process right you don't just immediately so we've tried to narrow that because we ai most of our cows and then uh, so so how do we mate them properly in a timely fashion Right, so you gotta gotta get them bred in the mornings uh, or in this, uh, and to get so that before it gets too hot, to get your conceptions or everything. So I'm gotten off the track there just a bit, but um, so we we've started take we've taken these DNA samples and we're working with Right Mate, who's a uh, company a part of Allied Genetics, and Dr. Sachi at Iowa State, and he he takes the our DNA of our females. And then we give them a parameter of our of the bulls, the the, the traits that were their priorities for us, and a list of list of bulls. And he he mates the best matings for those cows, and um, and 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 he can help us also with our you know, our, our our live bulls, our, our our cleanup bulls, and he helps us put the right cleanup bulls that best mate with that group of cows at, in that pasture. So, uh, so that's, that's the direction we are heading. And so it's kind of been a process. We saw this work with some of the Sim Angus breeders around the country. We, we watched them adapt this about five or six years ago. And then the, pro- the productivity gain that they've achieved in their herd. And, and really what we're, you know, we, what we're really trying to do is, is eliminate that bottom third. You know, everything we do is about eliminating that, that bottom third. You know, we've got a lot of really good cattle, uh, fortunately. Uh, but, but, you know, we still have that, 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 that layer calving bottom end that's not as productive. And so we feel like by mating properly, uh, we'll, we will, uh, lessen that effect on our, in our operation. So we're taking those DNAs, Dr. Sachi m- mates them up, uh, uh, I, we did our first group uh, in December of our fall calvers. There were 60 cows in the group, just as a big uh, that we that we had all the information just to get a start. A start, and you know it made it up. Um, one bull was in the top three on like 47 of them, and then one bull was in the very top for for like 13. So so we could kind of work at the speed of commerce essentially in that as far as breeding the, this process. And and so, you know, 47 of them were one sire, 13 of them were another sire. Uh, you know, we can't put 40 different bulls in a tank and get done in a mm-hmm. timely fashion um, like maybe a seed stock guy might and have many options. But we narrowed that focus down. And then also he helped us mate up those um, those walking bulls, uh, to clean up with. Mm-hmm. So we get somewhere in that, uh, you know, in the low sixties AI conception in our, uh, in general on the regular seven day protocol. So, um, so we, we're pretty excited about where this might take us and we're going to incorporate this more heavily in the spring and, and, and then full bore probably next fall, mm-hmm. um, and, and mating these up. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's just, uh, I think it's exciting where, where it might take us. Yeah. Bruce, we've got guys listening that, you know, anywhere from 20, 30 cows up to a couple thousand, maybe three, 4,000 head of cattle that they're running. And so, um, <clears throat> and I know we can't, and I'm not trying to do a one size fits all because it's not, as we talked about earlier, you know, we also need to be adaptable to our environments and, and, and do those kinds of things. But when we look at these large ranches uh, where, you know, it, it takes a lot of acres to run these cattle, they're big operations. Do you see the value in it for them and how would they do that? Yeah, I, I won't say it's going to be easy, but I think they could do it if they had at least a sample size of their females, right? Uh, your average, uh, uh, you got 10 or ten or 20% tested of each age bracket or something. And then you take that data, that, that DNA, and then you use that in your bull selection process. Because I'm assuming those, you know, the, those big 3,000 cow herds out in the West, it's pretty hard for them to get up an AI and and capture, right? Mm-hmm. It, you know, logistically, it's just not really feasible. Um, so, but you, I think you could, at the same time, you could do a lot with your bull selection process and pretty much every bull, right, has yeah. has DNA on it. And so it's just a function of getting getting access to it. You know, unfortunately, not all bulls have the same EPD uh, numbers. Uh, we wish the seed stock group, uh, industry could get their heads together and they would have done that back in the, the 90s uh, when they had the opportunity. Uh, but we we don't. Um, and I'm not sure how we get there. You know, I, I appreciate the IGS and those herds that are part of IGS so that we have a even uh, more even numbers to make judgments with. What I do hope that though, you, I do think you can take the DNA you could take those samples of, of a, and, and you could really do a better job of picking bulls instead of just picking a bull that catches your eye yeah. uh, in the pen. Yeah. Well, and as you and I were talking before we uh, in, jumped into this segment is, you know, breeding costs, it's a, to me, I think it's a cost that sometimes we overlook and don't really figure out, you know, and, and figure, pencil that backwards. I mean, if we knew a bull could last for five to seven years, we can justify certain costs. And sometimes we don't, we're paying a lot on these bulls. And, and so, um, Bruce, we're not going to get into the details of the different deals, but I do know, you know, these costs running around 30 to $40, some of that in, includes some consultation fees into that. Is that kind of what you're finding on the different tests that are out there? Yeah, I think I think you can find them. You know, the one we're starting to run will be less than that. Uh, but we're not going to we're not going to do a hundred K test. We're going to do a less test that that just focuses on the traits that we're most looking for. Um, but yeah, anywhere from that, I think Cimital, it's around thirty five dollars, I believe, for for the last ones that we did on some females, roughly. Um, so so yeah, identity I think's they advertise twenty nine dollars mm-hmm. or something like Zoetis, who, whoever I, you know, somewhere in that range yeah. twenty. You're going to spend twenty to forty bucks, I yeah. guess, is be my guess. And then, but you need if you're going to spend it, make sure you have somebody help you understand it and get the most out of it. Sure, mm-hmm. hate for you to spend it and then and then not not really understand what you spent your money on because I've done plenty of that. I chase shiny objects with the best of them, <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do less of that. So, <laughs> and that may be the best advice right there at the very end. I mean, not to disvalue some of your other, you've had some great comments, but I think, you know, right there is, is don't do this if you're not going to use it. Absolutely. Yeah. Go put up another stretch of poly wire and, and, and split that pasture and be more productive if, if you're not going to use this, because we all know that we could, we can do a better job of managing our grass. I haven't found anybody that's, that's the best at it yet. 
So, yeah. and me included. Yeah. So. Well, Bruce, uh, very wise, wise words to end on there. I appreciate you joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Maybe just some final comments from you. Yeah, I just appreciate the opportunity to visit with the folks and share. Um, you know, each person's got to find their path, but I, I do think there's opportunities and, and technology is leading the way. And, and I do believe the, the higher end, the better producers are, are getting a better uh, at a faster pace than the average. And, and I think to be productive over the long haul, we're, we're get set to have some pretty good years here the next, uh, three or four, I think. Uh, but coming out of that cycle, you let's, let's put some money into it and make sure that we're, we're at the top end of the curve, uh, coming out of the si- next cycle. And, and hopefully more of us will be more profitable. Uh, and then unlike the last the last five or six years, it hadn't been much fun as a cow calf <laughs> no, producer. No, no, it hasn't. I'm, I'm excited to see what we have ahead of to us. So Bruce Mershon with Mershon Cattle, he and his wife, Tracy, they ranch uh, just east of Kansas City, a little ways in a little town in Buckner, Missouri is their headquarters. Bruce, thank you for joining us here today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. You're welcome, Justin. Thanks for having me. Well, no doubt this topic of DNA testing on our cattle herd uh, is does bring about a lot of questions. And I know maybe for some of you listening here today, maybe we didn't get every question answered exactly like you wanted it. But I think that only brings to the point that it, 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 you need to have more dialogue. And we need to continue to have more dialogue with guys like Bruce that have used it and are continuing to use it and where they're finding that value in there. And uh, and for, for my own self, I'm going to tell you where I'm at, and this is partly why we're covering this subject because we're in this time of the year where we're needing to make some decisions on replacements and my operation here uh, we one of the enterprises that I run is about 300 head of mother cows that I lease and we run them on shares and so with that uh, I've got three or four different owners uh, as part of that process and they are three or four different types of herds as well uh, mostly an Angus based commercial uh, crossbred type of a cow and as I look at this from my own operation I'm f- trying to see if I can put cattle back into my herd that are going to uh, be uh, fertile and can breed back in a timely fashion, just that in itself uh, can bring in another 15 to 20 pounds in a calf just because of the maturity of that calf and also have a calf that has a lot of potential down the road, like Bruce was saying, having a lot of carcass traits. And then, of course, with this cow, we want longevity and something that can stay in the herd a little bit longer. That if I can replace some of the coal cattle out of that herd, with some of these type of cattle that I can improve my revenue back over time with this. And so that's some of the things I'm wrestling with in my own operation. And I know for each and every one out there, you have a different dynamic. And like Bruce was saying, everybody's different environment, different uh, different management elements that they have to deal with are different. And so to me, I think this is something to just continue that dialogue as we learn more about this. And if it's, if it's something you're not quite certain about, maybe you try it with just a test sample of a few and start that process and getting yourself familiar with it. Because it could be a uh, tool down the road that could be very useful to our, our cattle industry. Now, I did want to just recap real quick. We did talk about some products, and this is by no means to endorse anybody other than just as you continue with your exploration and continuing to look at this, maybe some folks to visit with about this. 
You know, one of the things that Bruce talked about was IGS or imiglobal.com is the website you can go go to, find out more information there. It's a multi-breed genetic evaluation. A lot of the breeds uh, have their genetics into this database, and uh, that's what he uses. That's what they he was referencing there. Uh, as far as some of the tests that we talked about, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, Zoetis, their inherent select uh, product, and then Neogen, which is uh, Igenity Beef. Uh, that was something that uh, Bruce had talked about. So different products, by no means not wanting to necessarily leave anybody out that's out there doing this, but these were the ones that we talked about here today, and I just wanted to recap on that just a little bit. So definitely a subject that we continue to have uh, more questions about, and I encourage you to continue to look into that. And by no means do we want to just add more input costs to our operations just for the sake of adding input, but there might be some elements in there that could be useful to us as ranchers here in the countryside. Real quick, I do want to thank again Bruce Mershon for joining us here today. Their website, if you want to find out more information on what they do, or you you want to get a hold of him, uh, MershonCattle.com, and uh, they do sell a lot of uh, commercial bred heifers every year. A great place to look at that if you're wanting to make some improvements in your cattle. They've been working on the genetics for quite some time. If you want to get a head start, might take a look at some of the cattle that they have for sale there. And uh, you can also check them out on Facebook and Instagram as well. Well, stay with us when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Meteorologist Don Day joins us with a look at our long-term weather. Set up the next generation for a productive lifetime with Zinpro Avela 4. Achieve productive success in your cows with 20% increased conception rate and a 16-day tighter calving interval. Calves from cows supplemented with Zinpro hit the ground running with improved immunity and 28 more pounds at weaning. Allow your cows and calves to perform to their full potential with Zinpro Avela 4. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. As we take a look now at our long-term weather today, brought to you by Indovac Beef. Indovac offers protection against pasturella, manheimia, E. coli, and salmonella. It's paired with an immunostimulant called Immune Plus that boosts the animal's overall immune system. For more information, please visit IndovacBeef.com or contact your local Indovac representative today. And joining us now with a look at our long-term weather is meteorologist Don Day. And uh, Don, we've been talking about it for quite some time and you've been kind of giving us some warnings that we're going to start to see uh, some pretty good winter weather. And it indicates that uh, by what we're seeing that here in the coming weeks or so that we will start to see that. Now, it looks to me like the southeast, real southeast part of the country still going to be fairly abnormally hot and dry. But when we look at, uh, at about, you know, the west and, and into the Midwest and area, it's going to be winter. Yeah, and you know that's how the winter has gone. Uh, the the east coast, the southeastern parts of the United States have had a warmer and drier than normal winter, especially on the warm side of thing. While the the colder weather has been focused out west, and that's exactly the pattern that's going to unfold here for the rest of February. The next couple of weeks, we're going to see a big high anchored over the Gulf of Mexico, over Florida, um, and that's going to kind of like act as a, as a major barrier from allowing the storms that are going to be coming out of Canada and the Pacific into the Western United States from really getting into the Eastern side of the country. So what will happen is the storms that are going to be coming through are going to travel across the far West, across the central and Northern Rockies, then be kind of deflected northward into the Northern Plains. 
and then into the upper Midwest and the Great Lakes. So what will happen is the the West, the North Central and parts of the Northeast and and North Central parts of the United States are going to see a lot of winter weather, meaning there's going to be some really cold air coming in at times. And there's going to be some some significant opportunities for snow over the next seven to 10 days. And I would probably extend that into the last uh, week of March, last week of February into early March as well. Mm-hmm. And you, you talked a little bit about there is really a call that you could see a, a pretty decent amount of snow with some of this as well, is what you were saying? Yeah, what we're going to have is the combination of Arctic air uh, coming in out of the northwest and settling into the central and northern high plains. And then we're going to have not one, but potentially three Pacific storms over the next two weeks move across the far western United States, then that Pacific air and moisture then goes over and on top of the Arctic air, which is closer to the ground. And we call this an overrunning situation to where it gets very cold across the plains, but over on top of that cold air is that Pacific air that's got a lot of water in it, and it hits that Arctic air, and it just is a great way to make it snow. And this is something that we're going to see over the next week to 10 days across many parts of Montana, North and South Dakota, across Minnesota into Wisconsin uh, for a large part of Wyoming and then in the Pacific Northwest. We're also going to see another resurgence of uh, what looks to be some real significant snows uh, in the Western Mountains. Uh, we've talked at times this winter about how well the snowpack's doing mm-hmm. and it's still doing very well. It's about ready to get a lot better okay. because okay. this is a pattern that really lends itself to significant mountain snows. Mm-hmm. Quickly touch on the central southern plains. Uh, it seems like some of the weather that's come through has started uh, south and west and kind of moved north and east, and and which is why that s- extreme southeast part of the country has been pretty dry. But what about the central southern plains into like Oklahoma, Kansas, and uh, northern Texas? Well, there was in the past week finally some measurable uh, precipitation in those areas of Kansas, southeastern Colorado, parts of Oklahoma. Uh, saw a decent little snowstorm move through, the best that they've seen in in quite a while. Um, The pattern that's evolving, however, I'm afraid to say may stay north of the Southern Plains. Now, that's not to say when we get into March that the Southern Plains could start to get into the action. And I think there's a really good possibility that will happen. But with this next round of winter, the Southern Plains will just be brushed, at least with the precipitation. They won't be able to escape it cold Mm -hmm. but the heavier precipitation is going to be more west and more north okay all right well it sounds to me like as we are just approaching the month of march that we could be looking at march coming in like a lion a bit do you know there's a real possibility that could happen (laughs) all right well don thanks for joining us appreciate the weather update Thank you, sir. Meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. You can go to his website at dayweather.com. And you can find a link to his daily video podcast that he kicks out every Monday through Friday. Our weather today has been brought to you by Indivac Beef. Indivac offering protection against pasturella, manhemia, E. coli, and salmonella. It's paired with an immunostimulant called Immune Plus that boosts the animal's overall immune system. For more information, visit their website at indovacbeef.com or contact your local Indovac representative today. Stay with us when we return here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. We'll talk about what's in store for next week's edition of the Working Ranch Radio Show.
Do you have a young child, grandchild, niece, or nephew that loves the weather and wants to learn more? Dayweather has produced a children's weather journal full of weather facts, fun weather experiments, coloring pages, and pages to record weather observations for every season of the year. The weather journal is for ages 3 to 7 and designed to be fun and educational. The interactive weather projects are fun for the whole family to take part in. For only $10, the Dayweather Weather Journal is a great gift idea for any occasion. Click on our Amazon link to order at dayweather.com. Well, coming up on next week's edition of the Working Ranch Radio Show, this by request from coming into us here at the Working Ranch Radio Show news desk from a listener wanting us to talk about year-round grazing and basically the concept of that getting away from having to rely or feed so much hay throughout the year and how that has worked for other folks. Now, it's definitely not a not a one-size-fits-all, as we know and we've talked about here on the show, a lot of different climates and, and areas. However, I am going to be visiting with a, a rancher down in Lolita. Texas will be one of our guests and then also a couple brothers that ranch up in northern Wyoming will be joining us hopefully to get the two different spectrums those uh, for those of you that ranch maybe in more of the northern or drier climates uh, as well as for those that are in more of the wetter southern climates so hope to have a great show with that a great perspective as we look at that I know feed costs are pretty substantial for a lot of folks and if there's ways to reduce that to increase profitability that's probably the number one spot to look at if you're going to try to cut down costs so that will be our show for next week so be sure to tune in for that right now quick thank you to our sponsors of our program today Indivac Beef Indivac offering protection against Pasturella Manheimia E. coli and Salmonella for more information visit IndivacBeef.com or contact your local Indivac representative also the American Simmental Association it is bull buying season and if you want the choice, what many producers have turned to to get that heterosis bang for your buck, it's with Sim Genetics, which is why with Simmental, it's more per head, period. Find out more at Simmental.org. And if you're looking for supplements to support your mother cows at New Generation Supplements, they've got a tub for that. Learn more at NewGenerationSupplements.com. Well, just one more thing here before we head out today. Uh, the captain mentioned it in his two cents, and that was that the March issue of Working Ranch magazine is out and in fact i'm looking at mine which if i have mine here and i get it all the way up into northeastern wyoming i'm pretty much guessing most everybody else has their copy as well another great issue uh take it read through it take it out to the cabin barn because i can tell you at those two o'clock checks when you're waiting for uh that little heifer to get things moving along this would be very useful information that you can read in there uh, about a variety of things very relevant to a lot of us here in ranchers especially as we head into this ever critical springtime of the year so be sure to check out work the latest issue march issue of working ranch magazine while the working ranch radio show is a production of working ranch magazine branded number one by america's ranchers now if you heard something today you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover please send me an email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com thanks for joining us here today be sure to join us next week at this same time same place or on your favorite podcast provider i'm your host justin mills and until next time, keep your chin down and your mind in the middle. So long.